Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, joined by our normal crew of quadcasters. We need to coin that phrase, don't we? We need to trademark it. <laughs> trademark it, yeah. Trademark it, copyright it. Make shirts. We got to get our lawyers involved. All that jazz. One one day many years ago, I was threatened to be sued because I was violating somebody's copywritten work. <laughs> I emailed him back. I, I I said that's not what that means. It's copyrighted. He's like, no. It, we had. He replied, no, I was wrong. I was like, no, that's fine. You want me to worry about your copywritten work? Then you being threatened to be sued? I'm shocked. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> shocked. It's sad that I have as many typos as I do when we text back and forth, but it's just how it goes. Zach, where are you? West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach. Making things happen. All the way down to but West Palm Beach, beach. Just, just to sit in front of a neighborhood pond. Yep, yep. <laughs> is that the Bellagio behind you? This is the Bellagio, yeah. Is that the Bellagio back there? <laughs> is, that the, is that the water show at the Bellagio behind you? The water show at the Bellagio. <laughs> I'll have you know that we've got one of those things right there in, in my in my complex, so my my condo complex. So, welcome to Carmel, Zach. That's right. What's what's the temperature? Uh, it's actually kind of cool right now. I think it's sixty. I hate you. All right. Oh, uh, <laughs> so cold. <laughs> what is it here today? What's it's forty two degrees right now. All right. Tyler, how was the Big Ten? Well, how was the NCAA tournament? I used to lost, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't go. Um, just go. Oh, you didn't go? No, it was too tight of, of of a window for me to be there and to be back at work on Monday and all that jazz. But you know, sad to see the season over with. Now I'm locked in on AAU for the next few months. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on what happened this weekend with Purdue and Indiana. It's a, basically actually, a funeral. Actually, contemplating it, but Dominique. So it was just me and you this weekend, Dominique. What are yep. they, why you is Zach in the here? Gym. Why is Zach on this podcast? What the hell? <laughs> why not? I don't know. It's like it's like an episode of Around the Horn. I feel like. See what happens. You leave, and then Penn loses. I know. So, so how does that make you feel? On me. So when I'm out of town me. for semi-state, Carmel <laughs> takes care of business. Now, of course, this year they didn't get that far, but <laughs> the the two times I've been out of town when they've when they've been in the semi-state, they've absolutely obliterated their team. I was like, I was nervous for nothing. And then the two times I'm there watching, everything's down to the wire. It's like you guys quit it. We've we've got we've got state finals, don't we, Dominique? Where, where'd you go this weekend? I was at Michigan City for the semifinal morning games, morning and afternoon games. Okay, did you go somewhere at night? Or did you watch it stream? No, I watched I watched stream. I, after after thinking about my my plan, that was not not a great plan. I can't be can't be going all all day seven you know what seven thirty a.m. to past ten p.m. That's, right. that's not going to work. Well, you were contemplating driving to Newcastle too for the night game. That was 
Yeah. I don't think anybody was good for a half. Good <laughs> I don't think anybody thought that was a good idea. Not 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 no. because of how the game turned out, but because of that's a three hour drive. From from where? Michigan City to from from Michigan City. Yeah. yeah. To Newcastle. I mean, I would have done it if the circumstances were different. I I would have done it. I would have cared, but yeah. Can't be doing all that. Well, how'd the morning games go there? I guess we're gonna just talk about I mean, Kyler didn't really get a chance to watch yeah. the game. Did you get a chance to watch any games, Kyler? Nope. I was no. uh, pretty busy on Saturday. Well, Dominique and I will just talk to each other. You two guys can sit there and <laughs> ask questions. Twitter your thumbs. Educate us. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. If Education. That's... What? No, but, uh, uh, the, the afternoon. So yeah, Penn, Michigan. Penn beat. Oh, my brain. Who'd Penn beat? Hammond Central. Hammond Central. Central. That game was an oddly, bl- oddly a blowout. How did that? How the hell did that become a blowout? Yeah, I was just hundred points. Hundred and eight to seventy. That was unreal. In regulation with a running clock at a certain point. Um, <clears throat> I just think Hammond Central. You know, they kind of played right into what Penn does. I mean, if you watch Penn this year. You know, Marcus is obviously getting his, but Joe Smith and uh, Gar, Joey Garwood are are usually getting threes, probably a lot of corner threes, but, mm-hmm. you know, off of Marcus driving and their defender helping, kicking out to threes. Well, Hammond Central is in that three-quarter court press, which basically how you beat the press is hitting corner threes. So mm-hmm. Garwood hit five of them and hit us on the six, on a six one, he got fouled on the three and hit all three free throws. So basically, they were just hitting the middle, hitting Durda or Gatete in the middle, and throwing it opposite and three balls. I mean, just or Marcus was just breaking the press by himself, and he was going in and scoring or kicking to the corner for threes. And Hammond Central just couldn't keep up point wise, and they never they never came out of the trap. They just kept doing it and just kept that getting was gonna torched. Be my, that was going to be my first. And that's a, was... that was my thing. Was like I understand that works. You know, you can do that. And but you're you just you're never gonna beat everybody on that you were gonna play with doing the same thing. I feel like you gotta make an adjustment. But they just Penn just kept giving it to him and giving it to him. And then him and Central, like I said, they just couldn't keep up. You know, they just Penn just just routed them in the end. They never got out of it. Never got they they went from like a twenty two, uh two two one trap to um to a 13, one, three, one, but yeah. it's basically the same thing. It just kept beating them in the corner. Um, or like I said, Marcus would just, he had a couple where, you know, the crowd kind of, even him and central fans kind of ooing and on where he would just kind of, they try to, they get him on one side and he would on the right side, he would take a dribble to the right, kind of hesitate, act like he was going right and spin to the middle and just gone, beat the middle guy to the rim and one or, pull up or kick to the corner just was a it was got ugly I mean it was it was pretty close the first quarter was close halfway through the second was close then I think it got to 42 26 with like 330 left in the second quarter and from then on it was never got under 10. Hmm. What did what did Penn do to slow Hammond down? I mean it was pretty fast paced I mean they didn't really do much it was just 
it, there was a point where Jordan it was it was pretty decently close in the second quarter. Jordan Woods got a breakaway, goes up and tries to hammer a dunk down and just try to dunk too hard and goes in and out. Marcus gets the rebound, comes down, or someone got the rebound, outlet it to Marcus. He came down and hit a three. And then a couple plays later, one of their other players, one of their other bigs, not Garza, but with the other big. Dodie? It was. Yeah. He got a breakaway for a dunk and he missed the dunk. Oh, and like I was sitting by, I was sitting by one of Kokomo's assistants talking to him the whole time. And he was just like, man, you just got to lay that in. Like you got to get these points. Like the game's kind of getting out of hand. He misses the dunk. They come down, hit another three. And it was just, it was just over with. I just Jordan Woods had a good game for, for Hammond uh, central. And uh, Matthew King was, did pretty well, but yeah, they just couldn't, they just couldn't keep up. I mean, they. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to say on that. It's it was, the 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 point spread was surprising. I'm certainly not surprised that Penn won. But yeah, it's did, 108 points in a semi-state is nuts. I mean, because we were all kind of eating, we were all kind of eating crow there for a while in Hammond. I mean, you were the only one that even mentioned them in our preseason stuff. Yeah, and it doesn't take away from the year that's, they had. Yeah. I do. They what they play almost half their teams are from out of state. So that many uh, half well, or I mean, almost were, half. They were seventeen. I read, I read a tweet. They were seventeen and zero uh, versus Indiana teams. Um, well, they I mean towards the end really? of the year, then yeah, they yeah, they yeah. Uh, played a lot. You know, obviously into the sectional all the way through the tournament, right? Obviously, but with the regular season. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven teams were from out of state. So that was almost half. Yeah, that is true. Uh, schedule. So it was kind of hard to, you know, you know, you don't know how those other teams are. You know, some of them are good, but like Morgan Park's usually really good out of Chicago, and they beat him and beat them by by thirty four. So you assume mm-hmm. that Morgan Park probably is down, but you just never know. Right. I look at their in state their in state games. I mean, it's an okay schedule though. It's nothing crazy hard. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the well, some, out of the region. Yeah, yeah, some of them have to be conference games too, though, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, their conference games are what Gary West, East Chicago Central, Hammond Morton. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Can't help those. It's a whole four team conference. That's gotta change at some yeah. point. It is strange. That's a, that's a uh, it's only a four team conference, right? I mean, they beat Chesterton. They beat they beat Valpo. Although Valpo struggled, of course. Then they beat Munster in the sectional, right? They beat Crown Point. They beat Gary Twenty First Century, who's you know at least formidable. Certainly. Their starting line, you know, they've got a good group of starters. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. The Illinois teams we don't know much about year to year. At least I don't. I don't know. I mean, isn't Whitney Young? I mean, Whitney Young beat them. That's they're usually pretty good. Yes, sir. that was yeah, that's the only loss. And Fenwick. Fenwick's usually good. Yeah, yeah. that's where Maggetti went. 
that was you know probably 30 years ago but <laughs> they just had a kid that was it D, was it Stewart that went to Duke did he play at Fenwick I think I don't know was it Stewart what was this kid's name the guard Stewart Proviso, Proviso East is usually pretty good yeah DJ Stewart who went to Duke played at Fenwick and Portage is I mean they're you know looking at the other Indiana teams Portage is a good young group of kids and but that's certainly the Chesterton win stands out so they were good enough to beat Chesterton. Um, that Monsters kind of makes, in the tournament. Yeah, that oh. kind of makes them that, – that fits them in as one of the top teams in the state. Certainly yeah. one of the top teams in northern Indiana. Kokomo Wayne. Yeah, that um, – Flory just – I mean, just dominated the paint. I mean, what do you have? 31, 19 rebounds, nine blocks. Um, so, yeah, they just – he was just – and then Shane Spear had a good game as well. He had a couple threes early, kind of loosened him up. Um, and then Wayne – Wayne kind of kept it close for like three and a half quarters, like within striking distance. I could just never get over the hump. It was always six, seven, eight, nine, four, five, back to nine. And then in the fourth quarter is when it got up there a little bit, you know, 14, 15. And uh, Javon Lewis just didn't have his normal game for Wayne. He's our leading scorer, junior point guard. I think he had eight points. He just couldn't get his normal stuff to fall. Uh, he was getting to where he wanted to get to. It just wasn't going in. And then – um Chase Barnes had a good game for Wayne. He had 14. Um, Preston Comer had a good game as well, had 13, a couple dunks. Uh, so those guys played pretty well. It was just, you know, in the paint, paint points were hard to come by with Flory down there. And that's why I think Kokomo is so hard to beat. It's just it's really hard to score in the paint. He just eliminates that. that and then, you know, offensive rebounds for the opposing team is tough, and Flory's grabbing everything. So, uh, just a tough team to beat. I mean, a lot of a lot of times, what stops him is just foul trouble. I say a lot; it doesn't happen all the time, and he's pretty disciplined. But that's what did Wayne do to? What did they do to anything special to try to stop him, or did they just no. in the zone? Were they no man to man? Um. <laughs> the one just, just three quarter round. <laughs> uh, the one, the one out of bounds play, just the simple like loop Flory around and throw a lob in the middle of the court. I mean, <laughs> I was putting this, I was keeping stats, and I was looking down. And as soon as I look up, it was like the sea just parted, and Flory's up in midair and just throws, just about tears the rim off. And uh, I asked the dude, I'm like, what, like. What what happened? It was he's like they just ran the simple out of bounds play and the the lane was just wide open. Yeah. So I, I mean, he, they didn't really do anything special at all. I mean, they they tried to double a little bit, but it wasn't anything. I didn't really see anyone doing anything. The only time was that that night game. I watched the Kokomo Penn game and Kokomo had a good plan for Burton. You know, they just kind of shadowed. They had Shane Spear guarding Gatete. And he would just basically roam and just – it was like Burton was going 
you know, getting double teamed basically right. the whole time. They would just kind of play off of Gatete, and he was kind of getting double teamed the whole game pretty much. So that was kind of a plan. I was like, man, they, they prepared for Penn, you know, I thought better than Hammond Central did in a couple hours and compared to a whole week. Um, but, yeah, that's really the only thing I noticed all day where someone did something out of the ordinary or something different to try to stop uh, Flory or um, Burton. Who did Hardeman guard? Or Kokomo? Burton. Oh, he uh, guarded. Against, against Penn? Yeah. Yeah. He guarded, he guarded Burton. So he was Burton's and, primary defender. Okay. He, Cause he's their, yeah. yeah. That's why he was their best defender, but I didn't know if they would. Yeah, they did. I mean, did he do okay? Like, mm, I mean, Burton still, I mean, he had what, 17 at half, ended with 27. Um, yeah, I mean, he did, he did as good a job as he could for sure. Yeah. He was definitely bothering him a little bit. They had to stop the game a little bit and, the ref had to go talk to him a little bit because they were just kind of uh, – Hardeman was just kind of like laying his shoulder or laying his head on Burton's shoulder at times during like a, a inbound, and they were kind of getting chippy a little bit. And, but, yeah, he did his – you know, he did a, as good a job as he could. He just – if he got the ball and that, that help wasn't there, Burton was getting right around him into the paint. Burton had four finishes, I counted, over Flory, where it was just him and Flory, Flory going up vertical. Mm-hmm. Burton just hung, hung at the, you know, jumped into him and hung up and finished four of them. And Flory did get Burton a couple times, a couple blocks. So it was, it was, it was a really good game that night game was. Those were the ones Burton couldn't get to go against Ben Davis. Yeah. You know, you beat, right. you beat that front line in that first line of defense. That would be the same issue he'd have if they obviously they played again, but. You beat that front line of defense, and then you've got Dowdy back there, right? You know, just just an extra layer of. I mean, he's he's their best defender on a team of good defense. Well, yeah, probably. Nah, I don't know. Maybe pound inch for inch, probably Sean Arnold's their best defender. But yeah, but Dowdy certainly is is. Um, I think he, along with Flory, are the two premier rim protectors. In, in the state. I mean, I don't even think you put book in that book or in that conversation because there's too many times where he, there's, there's too many, there's too many missing possessions where he's not, you know, if he's not able to get a hand on it, he's, he's not altering it nearly as much as the other two guys do. And that's sometimes, and that sometimes is just a learned awareness. It's, it's, off-ball defense is tough, I and mean, that's there's, you know, it's it's not something that comes comes too easily to guys because they're as much as you teach them to guard the ball, or as much as you teach them, yeah, as much as you teach them to guard the ball, even when they're not on the ball, there's still their propensities to not let their man score, and sometimes it's just counterproductive. So that you're and it, it just that thought process makes you about a step late. Did um, how did Kokomo's guards play besides Spear? I mean, what chance do we are they gonna? What do you think they're gonna do? Well, let's we'll we'll save that till later. Yeah. So, what do you think they're gonna do against against uh, 
Ben da- or against Ben Davis. Uh, yeah, Ben Davis. I feel like Spears had a pretty good um postseason. I was last year too. I think he's right right in the groove of the of coming off yeah, of football, obviously. And ready that's to roll. Sectional, that sectional championship game. I mean, he was lights out. So hey, it sounds got, like he's doing that trend. I got the I picked Kokomo to beat Penn. Nice. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> that's the only great one I picked. I should have done this beforehand. I'm not sure why I didn't. Um, let's see. North Davies got beat by Scottsford. We all got that wrong. Blackhawk won, right? Lewis yep. Cass beat Wapahani. Oh, yeah. Dominic got that right. Lo- yeah. We all got Blackhawk. We all we all picked the Southport games correctly. Yep. None of us got Southwood. I was gonna say nobody picked Southwood. <laughs> not, to win, not to win at all. From? Zach picked Zach picked you picked him to win the first game. Yes. Did I pick him to win the first game? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Who'd they play? Fountain Central. Okay. Hating on Southwood. Jeez. Dominique got Lutheran, right? I got Rock Creek. I heard right. That was a crazy one. Yeah, especially the way I think there was a a late turnover leading to a basket. Some missed free throws or something. Let's see if I can get this to work. Yeah, it works like it. Uh, oops. What's that doing? Why did it do that? Interesting. Um, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's um, the I'm trying to figure out how many semi-state pickums we got right. I forgot to do it before we before we hit record. Southport Southport games were. I mean, certainly the morning games kind of went as expected. Uh, to to a degree, I I thought that it was weird. I didn't think Cecina. I mean, I felt Brownstown and Linton would both win somewhat handily, and I, and a lot of that, especially, was ignorance on the part of of Cecina not seeing them play, and Park Heritage is just they're they're too young right now, and I think that. Coach Shelsky had said it a couple times during the week that no one expected them to get here. Everything at this point is gravy, you know, and they're going to enjoy the ride, And the, but they're going to be back. And it's, you know, really all their key guys. I mean, Max Dow was, is a nice player, but all their key guys, at least offensively, are sophomores and freshmen. I mean, BT Loose hit nine threes. And – just, is that it? Is that all? Yeah, just phenomenal. I mean, and all of them. I want us all but one. We're maybe in the corner. I just, you know, Linton was in a one-three-one most of the game, and I, I kind of think they were content. They went man briefly, 
but it was just it you could tell it was just going to be for a changeup. I think they were content with staying in that one three one, fully expecting that unless they had to make a change, just using it as almost like rest. Because they alternated who was on top. It was between Braden Walters and and Joey Hart and, and Logan Webb. They they alternated like they just taking turns because that is by far the hardest working spot on the floor, that top guy. I, I think as long as they felt like they were in control of the game, they were just going to give, maybe not give shots away, but they weren't going to overreact and, and start going man chasing people and you know, and I, I would say that was probably the best way for them to, you know, res- preserve some energy, especially since they were the second game of the of the two morning games. Um, you know, I, I'll go to that game first since I kind of went that direction. And as good as Luce was, Shelsky's kid, Trey's a freshman, was equally impressive. And I mean, he he carried more of the load than what Luce did. I mean, Luce, don't get me wrong, he hit shots, and but he was – Trey was the only one that physically could do anything in the middle of that zone. Max Dowd hit a couple of shots uh, for them, but, but Trey was their trigger man. And, you know, Luce was – you know, if he missed half – if he missed, you know – Four more threes, he has a good game, but they're not, you know, that that score gets even worse. I mean, they just they just didn't do much to counteract it. And I really think it was just an effort to preserve energy. You know, Hart was good the whole time. He had 29 points. They were pretty quiet points. Logan Webb was decent. Frady, Nathan Frady was, re, you know, just super effective rebounding the ball. Uh, Walton or Braden Walton, big guy. Yeah, yeah. I think at one point I tweeted he he gets more rebounds without jumping than anybody I've seen since Brandon Mays, who was 2005 grad from Centerville, who I coached and led the state in rebounding. I want to say final three years of high school. And the reason why they didn't accomplish as much as they wanted to as a team is because he broke his foot senior year and played on it. He played with a broken foot for half of his senior year. And uh, that was just an ongoing – it was so bad he redshirted his freshman year at, at St. Joe's before it before that school eventually closed. Um. Cena and and Brownstown. The interesting thing there was how much Benner struggled. How much he struggled against Cena, just getting getting good looks. He had three points in the first half. Brownstown was a control of the game, but they could never put it away. And then Cena had a flurry to start the second half. And really, they did a good job of speeding Brownstown up. And and Benner never really – he had a, a little – I mean, he's going to end up – look, he, I think he ended up that game with like 19 points. Maybe – no, I think it was 16 points. But everything was a struggle with him. They had – they switched off between uh, Mason Barrio, Keaton Tybo, and um, David Mendez 
each had a crack at guarding him, and their whole point was they were going to crowd him. They were going to get underneath him off the ball, and and they were extremely effective doing it. And when they could get out in transition, they finished. Keaton Thibault was their leading scorer all year. He did not have one of his better games this year, and I, I would say that just because most, almost all of his damage was in transition. In the half court, he couldn't hit. He didn't hit much. But then David Mendez picked up the slack. I want to say he hit four threes for Cecina and had a nice game. And then Caleb Milan, who is a six foot eight inch sophomore center, uh, he did not score like he normally does, but he definitely was impactful around the basket defensively, rebounded, was pretty active off the offensive glass, had some nice tip outs. And I was I was surprised that at how physical they could be with Brownstown and how it impacted Brownstown. Because the one thing that was obvious in both games, morning games especially, was how much of a size advantage, you know, Brownstown had how much of a size advantage Linton had. And I'm talking about strength. Um, You know, for Brownstown, Chase Coomer had a great first half. I mean, he was really, he was really the one that, help them stretch out to, a, you know, to have a little bit of control of the game. Parker Heyman hit a three. Kobe Hall hit a three. Uh, you know, Benner just, you know, if you're Brownstown, you're going at halftime, you're up, whatever they were up, 13, I think. And, and Jack's only got three points. I, I think you're feeling pretty good about it. But Cecina tightened it up. It got down to about five. And Brownstown could just never put them away. And the one thing I worried about watching Jack, that's why we talked a little bit about. Um, so the, the the broad question is, is is Jack the kind of kid that goes to Purdue? And, and maybe the question isn't, is he going to be, can he play at Purdue? The question is, is can he be, how soon can he be impactful? Kyler, and you compared him to, obviously, who'd you compare him to? Um, to that, that was me. Oh, you was said. That, oh, I'm sorry. It was Dominique that the thought process is Stefanovic. That, yeah, Stefanovic. Oh, if he if he can play there, why couldn't Jack type of thing? Yeah, I get that. Um, similar athletically, Benner's bigger. Benner's isn't Benner's, Benner a better athlete? Don't you think? I mean, isn't he above uh, the rim pretty easily? He's sneaky athletic. Like, I mean, he's sneaky athletic. Breaking backboards, jeez. Yeah, well. <laughs> you, gotta, you got the athletic to be doing that. <laughs> Could just be crappy fiberglass down in Jackson County. That, that is true. I do this for a living. That could be true. I think um, he's more athletic than Savanovich in high school. I don't remember Savanovich getting above the rim at all. I don't know, man. Sasha, plays, know. Sasha played some high-level games now. Played some high level games in the summer and 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 in the in during their school season. Um, I mean, it's not so much that I think it's not anything that's going to translate to the next level, though. He ain't gonna play above the rim in the Big Ten. He had a hard time all day getting separation. I do have a question on Cecina. Yeah. 
I seen I was watching them play Park Tudor. Mm-hmm. And did they run any of this stuff? What I was seeing it was like in the first quarter early, and they got like two guys on each elbow, like right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And they had a guy out front with the ball. The guard would drive to the right, and the guy on the bottom, guy one guy was on like the elbow, and the other guy was in front of him, like towards half court. The guy on the elbow would just come around and catch the ball, and that dude that passed it would replace him. He dribbled to the left, did the same thing. They'd come out just they were just did like ten times in a row. I'm like, are they just gonna hold the ball the whole game? Oh, I and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, someone I don't even know what happened. Someone slipped to the rim wide open for a layup. I'm like, what is going on? They just were passing the ball back and forth, doing the same thing, like stalling. It was like the first possession of the game. And then they got a wide open layup, and then they got back in it again. And, you know, I don't know. That was kind of – I've never seen anything like that before. (laughs) Kind of a weird offense. I didn't know if they actually run that or that was just what they were doing at the time. They didn't against Brownstown. But then Brownstown was in a 1-3-1. They were in a 1-3-1 most of the first game too. That's true. I'm trying to find a box score. I want to confirm – I want to confirm um, – come on. I want to confirm that I saw that Benner was six for 23 from three against Linton. That's a green light. <laughs> Probably the greenest light you can have. <laughs> he had nine, he had nine field goals. Hit seven threes. So one, so one stat that I saw had him for 29 points. So that had him six for 23. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was seven for 23. Cause I think that, um, I think Linton's guy shorted him a basket and gave it to Coomer instead of him. Cause that was the difference. Cause they had Coomer for 14 and I think he actually just had 11. But he was four for Benner, he was four for twenty at one point. He had eighteen against Cecina. He had eighteen in the morning game. Yeah. I guess I just that's I, a lot of shots, though. It is a lot of shots, and I, and I'm so obviously it was not a very efficient. The Linton game was not a very efficient game, and we could break that down more. I mean, I could, we could talk about that more as a as a whole. Because obviously we need to, but you know Logan Webb was tremendous. Uh, although there's one shot he took at the end, I we, he had had back, but but Benner really, I mean, he just he didn't look like he was able to get room to score. And again, Lenton was in a one-three-one, and they they. Brownstown did some nice things, ball screening the top of it to get Jack free or to get them to where Linton had to had to react, which which left a, a wider gap opposite where Benner was. And certainly when the game was on the line, there was a sense of urgency. You know, he was just chucking it up from deep. You know, and that that's a credit to his range that he could shoot that lead, he could shoot that shot just as effortlessly as he is from the, you know, 
closer to the three-point line. I mean, he and Hart both have – I know this is – you know, we all say that. They both have limitless range. It's, it's obviously not limitless, but, I mean, I think both of them Unlimited. shoot – well, I mean, both it's the same, I, but I think within obviously the half court, I think they both shoot it effortlessly. From like, if you were to have them have a half court shooting contest, I think they both would just shoot a normal jump shot. I don't think it would impact their mechanics one bit. Um, it, I I just worry. It looked like he had a really he struggled to get good looks. A lot of that is is obviously credit to the defense. I mean, Cecina was in basically was in him the entire time with three different defenders. One of the time he only posted a couple of times against Cecina. There was never really an opportunity to do that against Brownstown. I mean, against Linton, the, the few possessions that Linton went, man, it was, it was Braden Walters that guarded him, which I kind of anticipated that because Braden's an outstanding defender and they just I don't know he just he looked he couldn't get good looks and there was never a moment when it wasn't like Hart was out there guarding you know and I'm just wondering okay well how impactful is he going to be in the Big Ten, if if that's the case, you know he also thrives on being more physical than his defender. And in the Big Ten, that's not going to be the case. So there's just this this issue of okay, what's going to translate and what's not. Uh, I know it's being overly critical at this point because he's still got another two years to develop physically. Uh, so I just I'm going to be curious to see how that develops going forward. I mean, we watch when we when we watch catchings. Do Cannon catchings? Do any of us think he won't that his athleticism won't translate or his you know that he won't get stronger? Did anybody have those concerns with him? I mean, obviously if he doesn't put in the work, he won't get stronger. But does anybody have any concerns physically, athletically that catchings can compete in the Big Ten? No concerns. No, none. As long as he puts on size, I don't, yeah. I don't have any concerns. That's my only thing. Is he going to struggle him, to put on weight? Or struggle to put on size? Yeah, that's the thing. So it'll be not just put it on, but keep it on. Because obviously, exactly. as the season as the season wears on, you don't lift as much. You lift just to stay toned and you know to just keep up with it. Versus, you know, being able to pack on weight. Well, let's get to the championship game. The championship game, Linton was in control from almost the beginning. Um, you know, I would say that Benner was a little bit more active in the first half against Linton than he was in the first half against Cecina. Uh, but he had to be. He and Hart, I thought, both got off the decent starts. Uh, but Logan Webb, <laughs> he's... He had a stretch in the first half where he just he was the best player on the floor. I mean, he was hitting threes in rhythm. He was hitting threes, sidestepping people. He was dribbling. He was stepping back into threes. He scored in transition. He scored in the post. He got to the free throw line. 
I mean, he scored trans, you know, he had multiple finishes, multiple types of finishes in transition. I mean, he has scored, he scored in about as any way possible. Zach had to step out. <laughs> Zach's gone. He's like, screw this. I can't talk about these games. I'm out of here. <laughs> He's got to go enjoy his fountain. There's that. No, that's all right. Zach's on spring break. So, um, so I, all in all, I mean, so, so Linton then has control of the game, but then they hit this lull. I mean, they're ahead by 23 points at one point. And then they hit this lull in the third quarter or in the, or in the, in the, yeah, it was the third, third quarter where they don't take advantage of, of the lead they've got. And then Joey Hart just absolutely goes four possessions where you're just like, what, what are you doing? And I, and I'm not trying to be overly critical. I mean, Coach Hawkins, who's who's obviously is coaching them, they're, they're I guess officially their interim coach. But Hawkins was yelling at him. Logan Webb was getting on him. Joey was completely zoned out. Wasn't going for any he's not rebounds. not being a you know, say not being aggressive or shooting terrible shots or no he wasn't doing anything. He was standing still. Oh. It was oh. almost like he was wow. having an episode. You know, and, and, well, yeah, I mean, and a given look and given the circumstance, given the situation that they've gone through, yeah. you know, with, with, with dad and, and not just dad, but his, that's his coach. I mean, I, you wouldn't blame him if he did. The problem was, is that it gave, and it's not the blame. It's not like he was doing this on purpose, but the problem was, is it was, at a time when Brownstown was getting momentum. Brownstown had 11 shots in three possessions. Counted. 11 shots in three possessions when this was going on. Talking about offensive rebounds leading to extra shots. 11 shots in three possessions. And luckily they didn't convert on all of them. But until about the five-minute mark of the fourth quarter... There was just a stretch of play where you wondered if he was okay, if he was having, you know, what was going on. Like he played like he was concussed. He wasn't. He didn't. I don't think he took a shot to the head, but he played like he was in this fog and just wouldn't function. And it was super mysterious. And I mean, again, even Hawkins, like Coach Hawkins was yelling at him. They called timeout and everybody was – one of the coaches met him at, on the court. Then Logan got in his ear and then Hawkins was, you know, it's like, man, what's going on? You know, wake up where, you know, this is Logan was on him the rest of the game in, in a leadership capacity. And they're far enough away that you can't exactly hear what Logan's saying. And, and I'm not great at reading lips, but everything I guarantee was we've come this far. We're not losing. 
And then all of a sudden Hart snapped out of it. And every rebound was his. And there still was some leak outs where some situations where Brownstown got multiple shots. And all the Brownstown stuff was all long rebounds. It was literally like watching the IU game the other night. Where no matter what happened, no matter what no matter what happened, Miami got the rebound. Yeah. I tweeted during the IU game. I said it's lovely to watch IU block out. Unfortunately, Miami's rebounding. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and that's what that that's what cool. Linton that's what Linton was doing to it. Even even once Hart was snapped back into it. That's what Linton was doing. You see these guys block out and the ball would go over their heads or or through their hands or or one time one time uh Frady had a kid pinned in, you know, thinking long rebound. You know, Penny Man, ball grazed the rim, went straight down to the, it went straight down to um, Hall's hands, who was then, I think, able to kick it around, and, and probably at some point there was a three. And it just, it just was bizarre. And, but he came up big. I mean, so there, so, Linton's issue was as Brownstown started to press, their strategy was simple. We're going to foul. We're going to try and pick who we foul. Walters, Frady, everybody, anybody but Webb or Hart, basically. Although that didn't ultimately didn't work out that way. And then they were going to exchange, even if they hit both free throws, they were going to exchange threes for twos or twos for threes hoping to get a one free throw possession or an empty possession. And you're thinking, shit, man, excuse me, this just might work. Now I got to remember to mark it explicit. Tag on it. Um, <laughs> just <hang> on that. <laughs> and you're thinking this just might work. And it was going to happen at such a high volume that any empty possession was just going to really make things snowball. And then Braden, the wonderful player, they've been trying for, for two years to get him to score. And he just, it's not right now in his framework, you know, in his DNA. He's going to have to learn that quick. He's, he's going to have to learn that, that quick. quick. And no I, I, I would think, you know, when looking at players this summer, like as far as improvements and stuff, I think watching him all summer to see if he's get that scoring mentality, if he gets right. that DNA. Right. He may have to learn it by next week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because they're going to finally play a team that's bigger than them. That is or at least, at least, I mean, Brownstown was bigger than Cecina. Linton was definitely bigger than Park Heritage. And then Linton came out and they were bigger than Brownstown. And I don't just mean tall, I mean thicker. And they got now a Linton, pretty strong freshman, don't they? Like They do. Oliver's nice. Pretty... He's a nice player. Yeah. And they bring in, I got to look up his name, Wrigley Franklin, who multiple times I referred to, he is as wide as... First, it was he was as wide as he is tall. Then it was he was as wide as Park Heritage's fans, student section. 
And then it was his, he's as wide as kids going to Indiana State play football. I think that's what his dad said. I believe so. That sounds I hope right. that's right. If I'm wrong, whoever he committed to, don't freak out. I'm wrong if I don't get it. Well, everybody commits to Indiana State. I think he's committed to Indiana State for football. And I it she shows. I mean, I don't know what I assume he's a linebacker. I don't know. Certainly built for it. You know, and he was he was one that chased down a couple long rebounds. He was the one guy. Not that not that Webb and Walters, those guys, not that those they were zoning out, but Franklin was the one that just would chase down things. He had no problem knocking somebody in the stands for a loose ball. But my point with Walters was let's mentality aside, he does not shoot free throws well. I don't care how aggressive he, he does not shoot free throws well. And so what was happening, he was just getting rid of the ball. Like he it was like a hot potato to him. He would get rid of it simply to not get fouled. And and there were a couple times where it led to it led to turnovers. And those turnovers, luckily one of them was empty back the other direction, but they definitely hit one three. And then he had an over and back deal where again and it's hard to blame it on. It's, I'm not. This this play is not his fault, but he got rid of it so quickly that by the time, like the guy that caught it wasn't ready for it, so just threw it right back to him, and he still he was just jumping into the front court. I I think the simple adjustment could be there. Is that they're in control of the game and they're and that's how they're the only way they can lose is the, the top of the press. I, I know the idea is to put Hart in the back of the press and let Hart beat it, let Hart finish it on the back end, which is ultimately what happened, and that's what sealed it. Because they were down, they were ahead by two. <laughs> they were ahead by two with the ball. Brownstown never had the ball down one possession. So I don't know what your panic meter is there if you're <laughs> Linton's coaching staff. But but it was a one-possession game. Just Brownstown never had the ball down one possession. But ultimately, Hart started making plays in the back end of the back end of their press. Talking about, you know, how Penn, you know, what Penn did to, you know, what Penn did to to Hammond Central. And Hart. Right. I, I think I would have had I still would have had Hart. Um I'd have had Joey in the front end because that that's your best free throw shooter. And you have him and Logan. And you have you have Walters down there. Finish. And you know that's fine. And if he's getting fouled trying to finish, uh so be it. At least these aren't. At least they weren't live ball turnovers. Simply because he was treating the basketball like a hot potato. Oh, and IU women's just lost. Yeah, that was about one of the craziest finishes I've ever seen. I didn't see the final <laughs> shot. IU <laughs> uh, was down three, and girl did a behind the back pass. 
the other girl caught it, did a dribble, one dribble, step back three and hit it. And then Miami came down and scored. And then uh, you didn't get a shot off at the end. Rough uh, weekend for IU-Miami games. Jeez. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was brutal. Man. Anyway. So I, I got the games I wanted to see. I wanted to see Hart. I decided to go down to Southport because I wanted to watch Shelsky play. And I did, I did want to see Cecina play. So I, But I, I definitely wanted to see Hart versus Benner. And I am a little concerned. I am a little... I, I think it's going to be interesting to see Benner develop. Because the, the way he was scoring... Saturday is not specifically the way he's going to score at Purdue. Now, the good news is, is they run good stuff and they can get him some, even if they run a lot of the same action they did for Stefanovic, you know, he's going to be a, he's going to be a shot maker, certainly a potential shot maker. But I'm also curious as to who he's going to guard. At that level, so right now I see him we'll, definitely um, as, a, as a three, defensively. Will Will UCF be in the Big Twelve this next year, or? Yeah, I think so. Yes. yes. Okay. I believe so. And Houston, right? Yeah. I, I believe I saw, so. So UCF was looking at Mike Bray. Uh, no, that was no, South Florida. South Florida. Right? Oh, South Florida. Sorry. South Florida. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, everyone listening. Yeah, don't do that to the heart. <laughs> I've already told Joey that Dawkins is going to get the Notre Dame job. So <laughs> here's my question. Is, is Marcus Burton locked in on Notre Dame? Yeah, so far. Their 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 associate head coach was front row on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody so no, they're, they're still recruiting him. <laughs> well, I, I you know. <laughs> Who is their associate head coach? Look for him to stay on staff. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure his name. I can look it up. Here, here's my thing with, let's say, if Marcus Burton did decommit from Notre Dame, would he still have all those high major offers? I don't know why he would. would he, he never had those, did they? Well, I mean, I guess would he, he be should. getting them? should. Yeah, he should be. I mean, would – Getting tired of watching little guards beat up teams we like, right? <laughs> if I'm IU and Purdue, I don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, other than the fact you may, you know, you if you're completely bought into Braden Smith and Gabe Cups, I get that. Yeah, I, I use pretty locked up. On guards, yeah, and I don't blame him for that. No, I like I like Gabe. I, yeah, I can I can get in these debates on who's better between him and Braden Smith and and you know be on the Braden Smith bandwagon, but IU not recruiting Braden Smith is not Mike Woodson's fault. Notre Dame associate head coach Anthony Solomon. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That would be a good idea to keep him around.
unless he just doesn't have any relationship with a new head coach. But I'd be surprised if he doesn't have. He's been around. So other games, there were other games played, right, that we didn't watch? <laughs> I believe so, yeah. I believe so. I've seen uh, some. I've seen a lot of them on stream. Parts of a lot of them, but I know North Davies' ending was pretty nuts. Yeah. Well, how, against against Scottsburg, I guess the only team they played. Yeah, yeah, against Scottsburg. I'm trying to remember now, but I know one of the Wilson twins went to the line to tie it. I believe it was a one and one with no time yeah. on the clock. And missed the went all the way in and came out and they lost. So it was a tough, mm. tough way to end for them. They were trying to they were trying to say it was a it should have been two shots. Because the ball, ball came off on a miss and he was like running back towards the other way, trying to grab it and got fouled and he tried to turn around and shoot, but it it was it was not to me it wasn't a two shot foul. They were trying to get it to be a two-shot foul, but it was a one-and-one, and, one and he missed that one-and-one one with no time left, and it was over. Ouch. That's a, that's a rough way to lose, especially if you're a senior. Right. So what do we – so Ben Davis did what we thought they were going to – I mean, I didn't think they would route Brownsburg. Did we watch yeah. anybody watch that? Do we know? I mean, how that? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I was shocked for the final scores of both of those Ben Davis games, but man, they dominated. I thought, I thought they would route Bloomington North. Which yeah, they I did. did too. Then they have a running clock in the Bloomington North. Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, I I'm not surprised, I but I've been, game. I've been kind of dogging North guards all year. I mean, it was 21 to five in a quick second, and it was just a turnover fest. I mean, it was like, it was like watching Ben Davis. It seemed like they were playing a 118. I mean, it was just they couldn't handle any pressure. Right. Turnover, turnover. Um, Arnold was definitely guarding JQ, like we talked about last week. And that didn't go well for JQ. I think he, I'm not sure how many he had on the whole game, but I can only remember him having seven points. But yeah, it wasn't. It was not good for Bloomington North, which I mean, most teams that play Ben Davis is, doesn't end up in a in their favor, obviously, if they're undefeated. But it was just a. It was never never a game. At all. What was the other? Oh, the sorry, Jake. Before you move on, Jake, you had five points. So yeah, I, I gave him too many with seven. Wow. Sharp had 31 in a poster dunk. What's that doing? I got something wrong with this stupid code. Oh, well. We care who won the pickums. <laughs> I always get second, so I'm just assuming I got second. My scoring line. Last, my, my scoring line is off here. Um, 
All right, so our semi-state picks. Dominique got 19 right. That's obviously predicting each first game winner and champion. I got 18 right. Zach got 16 right. Kyler, bring up the rear with 14. Let's go. Jeez. 1A was the struggle for me. I got Marquette Catholic and Rock Creek, but missed the rest of it. I only got two right. So Lutheran got me the win then, huh? Yeah, probably. I mean, none so. of us did well in 1A. I got two picks right. Zach got two picks right. Kyler got one. Dominique, you got three. <laughs> so the blatant disrespect for 1A basketball in this podcast carries over into the pick'em contest. <laughs> Sorry, 1A. I did think Rock Creek would beat Jackson Dell. I just... Honestly, I didn't see Lagodi losing. Clearly. I, I But I had no hesitation on that. And that's no disrespect to Lutheran. I just go down there and there's 5,000 5, strong rooting against you. Not the whole town? I mean, it's the whole buggy <laughs> nation, man. I mean, hell, North Davies probably rolled over. Before their game. No, that's not true. <laughs> Bar we hell, Bar Reeve was probably there rooting for Lutheran. So we Ben Davis took care of business. That was I mean that we touched on a little bit. I don't know. We we hit pause and I don't know what we said before we hit pause and I haven't Giving Bloomington North's backcourt a whole lot of love this year when we've talked about them and and Ben Davis just smothered them. Northwood Delta, the three A North semi state. I mean, that kind of went the way I thought it would. I mean, it, it, I mean, it went exactly the way we all, except Zach picked Glenn over Delta. I heard Dwinger played Northwood pretty well, though. They lost by yeah. 10, but, but I think pretty respectable. Like, I think we – well, at least we probably thought with, you know, coach for, for Dwinger probably. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm assuming they played zone, like I said last week, but trying to keep it close. They've got – they're they got size. And Kostov's just always right. really good. There's His teams are always really good defensively. Some of that's because they control pace. They, they you know, they, they slow the game down a little bit, but – but, you know, that's, you know, at the end of the day, his teams are always pretty sound defensively. I thought Garen Catholic blitzing Scottsburg was surprising. The way they it did. It wasn't really surprising. Well, didn't we say Scottsburg is live or die by the three a lot? So I'm assuming they were jacking them up and missing them. I would assume. I, I would, it, was, it was like 30-something to 11 at one point, I think. There was a lot of disrespect shown towards Scottsburg's defense in that night game. Coming out of that game. A lot of they were easier. I mean, they just 
they didn't seem to really know what Garen was doing. They couldn't guard it. And again, they had the afternoon game. They had the later game. You know, some of that could be fatigue. And again, like you mentioned, Dominique, they they definitely are a team that relies heavily. They do like shoot three. They've got guys who can hit it. I mean, that's that's a you know that's a good group of you know that's a good group of junior or underclassmen they've got there. They got everything coming back, or yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Zellers is a junior. Jack Miller is a junior. That's Coach Miller's son at Hanover. Cody Clancy is a junior. Um, their other kids are, they're, you know, as much as we can, much as we go through. I mean, I saw them player of the year, so I feel pretty good about their key contributors. They're all underclassmen. How, uh, how tall? I watched some of their games on stream, and Jack Miller looks like a kid who, uh, gets you know inside the three-point line a lot better than the others you know he's pulling up a couple mid-range jumpers he looks like he's got some decent size on him is he what six three or yeah he's got a little ginobili in him he's just kind of herky-jerky yeah you know and he can finish he's long right i think he shoots the ball pretty i mean i think he shoots it well off the catch like if he's open so how good so it's like we're picking on brownstown but we've talked about this before a couple times and by we I mean probably me but I mean how could how good could Scottsburg have been with Chase Coomer and Kobe Hall yeah Jeez. Coomer can shoot it can he Kobe, Kobe shoots pretty well Kobe shoots the ball well enough that he has to be respected and and Cooper was the one kid of this group that last year was a JV kid and as I understand it, there were some nonplussed moments as to why he was playing mostly JV last year. Not anything outrageous, like causing scenes and stuff like that. Just like, it seemed like everybody was invited to the table but him. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with Kobe Hall moving, but. But you're thinking we're going to move to Brownstown so we can compete, get make deep state tournament runs, and Scottsburg just gets as far as they do. I mean, I thought Scottsburg last year was going to be coming into this year was going to be really good. Turns out they still were. And I, you know, you guys, I don't think any either one of you did. Kyler, did you see him play at all this year? Scottsburg? Yeah. Mm. No. 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 All right, so our state tournament matchups, let's move forward since I think we've exhausted. Well, hold on, Dominic, did you see it? Did you watch any of the stream of – I didn't pay for the streams. Did you watch any of the Blackhawk? Lewis Cass, any of that stuff? I did not. I did not watch the Blackhawk Lewis Cass. I did watch a lot of the Blackhawk Gary 21st century game. And uh, 21st was up 11 to 2 to start the game. Did that? And their pressure was getting getting to Blackhawk right away. 
So let me ask you a question that's going to make me sound like a tight ass, even though I'm not a tight ass. <laughs> the the twelve. It, we, you pay for the stream to get all the games for you, or just the specific ones you paid for? Yeah, you can you can pay if you want to just watch one game. You pay the twelve bucks. If you want to watch all the games and on demand, you know, and just have access to them at any time, it's twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Or it okay. ends up being like twenty two, twenty two, so, or whatever. So twenty two tax will get me all the games. It's everything. Okay. Uh, all the games. Every game that was played Saturday, you can watch back. I mean, it's not like we're going to talk it's about not it. bad. No, it's not a bad deal. I wish I'd have known that. I would have done that yesterday and watched some of these games because I – other than AAU starting yesterday and I'm still involved even though I'm not coaching this year, um, I really did nothing but sit in the couch and wait for the IU game. A couple naps. That's about it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right. State tournament picks or state tournament games. Kokomo versus Ben Davis. Northwood versus Garen Catholic. Fort Wayne Blackhawk versus Linton. Southwood versus Lutheran. Look, Lutheran's got... The Patterson Twins, they have. I like Losher. Losher, yeah. Uh, and uh, their point guards, their leading score, uh, Lante Ward. Yep. I like I his know. game a lot. I, was, I, I, I watched some Ward of them on there. stream. If Ward was there last year or not, I can't. But, yeah, yeah. I liked, I liked uh, Losher and I've liked uh, Alali. As well on the wings, and then the Patterson are they? Yeah, twins, right? They're twins. Yeah, KJ and Cam. Yeah, Lochier yeah, is they... a is a Mount Vernon kid. They moved down, or they transferred to his older brother transferred to Lutheran his senior year. Brandon Bell graduate. He's a class of twenty twenty kid. Nice player. Um, just could never put on weight. So Cadence, his younger, his half brother. Nice. Um, and yeah, the Patterson twins are big and strong, athletic, play around the rim. They got a nice. They got a nice team. I like watched a couple of their games on stream. You know, Southwood. It's a lot nice. of these Southwood. A lot of these kids, Winers, especially Cole Winer and and Oprasek. I think I pronounced that correctly. Both those guys have been on their good. I mean, both those guys have been varsity players since their shoot their freshman year. Definitely, Weiner has. I'm trying. I'm checking. Real I quick. have. Uh, I have not seen run. Southwood at all. The, just really disrespecting Southwood here. Jeez. Well, I, mean, I haven't seen them at all. I was, let's just say I was uh, pretty shocked when I saw their name. As far as the winners. So they have a yeah, new coach. Their schedule Obviously, prepares them, though. Yeah, they have a good yeah. schedule. They have a good conference. They, they, they're they in a time they're in a time period where a lot of the teams around them who aren't in their conference are good. John Burris leaves them to go to McConaughey. I don't know that he left there thinking that they would be – their cupboard would be dry. But here's a team that's won one, two, two sectionals in a row. 
they when these dudes were sophomores talking about Weiner and Opera State, they got all the way to the semi they got all the way to the semi state, eventually losing the Couts. But it's also a team that's gotten to state finals before. In 2018, losing to Morristown. Again, another sectional championship. That was a good game. That was a great game. I mean, well, I mean Morristown won. Down and it was. It was maybe it was fun. Morristown won by 30, 29. So. Okay, maybe that wasn't what I was thinking about. <laughs> Lancabell went off. <laughs> I'm sure it was a fun game. <laughs> Better than some of the rock fights we've seen lately. <laughs> the one A level. True. Yeah, that's true. But I don't I don't think I must have been thinking about a different game because um, twenty nine points is a lot of it's a blowout. But they were also the they were also the team that finally put Central Catholics run at an end they beat central catholic in the regionals in 2021 and then they beat central catholic in the sectional in 2018 it's the first time central catholic had lost in the sectional in a long time maybe ever central catholic had this ridiculous run of sectional championships ending in 2018 and of course, it's continued. They got to the state finals last year. They won sectionals in 2021. 20, nope, 2020, they didn't. They got the semi state in 2019. So 2018 was when they lost to Southwood. Southwood ended a run of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 16 straight years. Central Catholic won a sectional until that South Carmel's went, girls swimming. Not it's <laughs> it's not even half as good as Carmel's girls swimming. I brought up Carmel. Geez. Right. Yeah. This podcast going on for another 30. Not even, not even <laughs> half as good. <laughs> Other than the fact that I've never been to a swimming meet. Ever. Not even (laughs) high school. Um, Who who are you picking? Are we going to pick straight up or are we going to give a little point spread to make it a little bit? We all could pick the same teams, potentially. It's only four games. That means I have to keep track of this stuff. All right, hold on a second. I like that. I like Dominique's idea. That's fine. We can do that. We can do we'll that. Twist on. All right, Kyler, who are you taking? We're going with one A. Yeah, one A. I'm going with. You know what? I'm gonna ride with the Cinderella story here. I'm gonna go with Southwood by two. Ooh. By two. <laughs> chicken (laughs) (laughs) Kyler going Southwood minus two all right 
I'm going Lutheran. I'm picking them up by eight. Ooh. We got to get Zach's point spread. Yeah. Dominic, what's your pick? I got Lutheran by 10. Got Lutheran by 10. I'm on Southwood. Two A. We've got Lenton versus Blackhawk. Put let's put Dominique on the spot, baby. Wait, Zach picked. Hold on, Zach oh. sent us his picks. Zach picked Lutheran, but he didn't give a point spread because he didn't know we were going to do that. Who are you picking? Two A's, Dominique. Come on. Oh, man, this has been giving me trouble. I don't like. I don't. I like to pick who I think is going to win, not because I live in Fort Wayne. There's no any of that going on. So I'm trying to man, will they let me back in the city if I pick Linton? Jeez. Ah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Linton by four. Ooh. I'm going Linton by three. Tyler. Give me Linton by two again. We'll do that. You are a chicken. But bonus prediction, this will be the best game of the of the Saturday. Could be. Could be. I'm glad we're getting this game at the way level. I don't know, man. I think I, I could tell you what. There's three good games. I mean, Say it. <laughs> the two A, three A, four game are going to be outstanding games. I'll be, I mean, I'll be shocked if we don't get some at least fun basketball. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Ben Davis can't come out and overwhelm Kokomo's guards or or whatever. You know, I mean, but I think all three, I think those three games are going to be really entertaining. Yeah, one A game is just. I mean, anybody that thinks that North Davies game last year was a well-played game was by either team was out of touch with reality. And there have been some bad other games. I mean, the 3A game a few years ago when Silver Creek beat Culver Academy, that was definitely a rock fight. It was made worse because neither team could shoot free throws either. So it was just ugly. 3A, I'm taking Garen Catholic. Picking my Carmel boys. Who's Zach, Who Zach take? He took for 2A. Black, he took Blackhawk. Blackhawk? Okay. Shock. Sticking with my Carmel boys. Love them or hate them. Carmel kids win titles. People on. People on Harrell saying that no one's going to be there for Garen. No one in Carmel goes to basketball games. No one's going to support Karen, him. I think Karen travels better than Carmel does. I don't know. Because <laughs> Carmel well, Northwood's going to have. There's going to be some Carmel packed. people. There will be some Carmel people at this game. Because there's still some. There's a lot of friends. There's going to be some Carmel people at this game. And Northwood will bring the whole. Yeah. You're going to have a big crowd. 
there'll be buggy nation down here. Buggy nation North. <laughs> Go Garen Catholic by five. Zach picked Northwood. Kyler, who you got? I'm going to go Northwood by seven. Dominique? I got Northwood by five. So I'm the, I'm the lone holdout there. 4A, Ben Davis. God, I hate picking against my guy, against Peck. Um, ben Davis by 12. Zach pick Ben Davis. Oh. Somebody step up. Let's go. I got Ben Davis by 14. I just think I told the assistant at Kokomo, I was like, I think Kokomo has the best chance to make it competitive, you know, with Ben Davis out of the four teams at that. Um, um, at the semi-state there, Michigan City, just strictly because of Flory. Like, I mean, he did it last game against Ben Davis. Like, he just blocked – I think he had, what, seven blocks or something like that the first time they met and altered probably 25 other shots. Yeah. And they're two, if you look at their two-point field goals for Ben Davis that game, it was an awful percentage. So, you know, if Ben Davis is not hitting their threes and he's, you know, intimidating everything in the paint, you know, could be. But also, you know, Ben Davis could just – take it from their guards and go get layups and, and score in transition and could, could route them too. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, I got Ben Davis uh, by 14. Kyler. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Ben Davis by, I'm going to go nine. Nine. No respect for Kokomo. Wow. I have enough respect for them to make it a single digit game. Nice. All right, what's Ben Davis got, or what's so what's Kokomo? So Dominique kind of laid it out. Kokomo versus Ben Davis. What what Kokomo has to do to to win that game? Since we all think Ben Davis is a decently heavy favorite, and let's face it, in a betting world, nine points is a lot of points. Yeah, nine points is a lot. Of I points. think so. What, I think what, Kokomo's guards have to have to handle the pressure. Yeah. Yep. And can't can't get can't let Ben Davis get out in transition. Definitely got to make him play half court because, like I said, you got Flory. And if they're you know if they played what against Cathedral, Ben Davis didn't hit a three till the second half, right? I believe that was the case. Ben Davis against Cathedral, Ben Davis did not hit a three into the second half. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, if they're if they're not hitting from three, you know, they're playing in the half court. You know, Flory's going to be there in the paint waiting on them and grabbing up all the rebounds. You know, Zane is going to be there, obviously, as well, rebound-wise. Sean Arnold's a really good offensive rebounder. But, I mean, that's what they're going to have to do, play a half-court game, handle it, and uh, Flory's got to definitely stay out of foul trouble. Does Does Ben Davis yeah. wait to amp it up? They usually do, but I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait. I mean, I know that's their M.O. Because sometimes you can do that, come out in second half, Obviously, if things are going badly, they'll they'll start pressing a little bit. Yeah. But but a lot can be said for saving it to the second half to that way you don't have high, half time to prepare for it. Because it look you you know what they're going to do, even when you know when a press is coming. 
you know what they're going to do. The question is, is can you handle it physically, mentally, in real time? And if you get a taste of it in the first half, then halftime you get a chance to catch your breath, get adjusted, and attack it. Right. I mean, Copeland's going to have to beat it on the back end. And that's, I mean, obviously, you know, the good news is is Flory does rebound out of his area, so even long rebounds are going to be opportunities for him. Excuse me as I yawn. Um, I mean, it's just, it's live ball turnovers. That's, that's what hurts. That's what hurts teams against. That's what hurts teams, period. Not just turnovers, but live ball turnovers. And Ben Davis does better than most in a while. You know, in, in creating those. Northwood, Garen Catholic. I think I look at it like this. I think Ian Rash is a, is a is obviously certainly a complete ball player. Calling him a wild card is is probably not any justice to him. But I think he's the one kid that that they're going to prepare for the most in terms of how they keep him accounted for. I I think they'll zone a decent amount, which I think Brenner then will be able to get shots. Not that it's a not that it's a bad zone. I just think that he'll he'll he will take the necessary steps back to shoot over it. <laughs> so I think it's going to come down to does Rash get his points? And how how efficient is he going to get get his points? How either one of you he's guys kind of a miss, he's kind of a yeah, he's kind of a mismatch for for a he's lot a of tough, teams, especially he's in three. A really tough, yeah, really tough matchup. Well, yeah, like you said, if they're in a zone, you know that'll help with that. Do they play a lot of zone? Aaron? They play enough zone. Yeah, I mean, what so what they've got on the back end yeah. is they have they have Morans who's six seven. Decently long. They have Bryson Cardinal, who's Brian Cardinal's son, who, as you can guess, is willing to give his body up and take charges. Um, they have Holba's little brother, who's just a big football player, who's willing to throw his body around. I mean, it's it's he's going to have a lot of bodies to contend with. And they don't play those three dudes at the same time. Holba and, and Cardinal don't play together. You know, and they, they they've got Ryan Zimmerman, who's who's a pretty physical kid. Their guards are a little undersized. That's why I think Cade will be able to get his get his because he's just going to be able to shoot over him. Uh, you know, and I mean, this is the one pick I'm the least. I don't know. A Blackhawk Linton game. I'm not comfortable really either one of those two picks. <laughs> but yeah, 
you know, the nice thing for Garrett is they've got, you know, they can bring Lucas Parker off the bench who goes out and scores 14 points in a, you know, one of their games this past weekend. They bring their best shooter off the bench or one of their best shooters, Henry Sorensen. And their their route to state in the tournament has been man, a lot tougher than Northwood. Burbuff, Shatar, Danville, Beach Grove, Scottsburg. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and they, they pretty much handled them. Yeah. Those teams getting here too. I mean, the one the, so the one issue, so Bobby's Bobby Allen's big motion guy, which I love. So I love I love watching Garen play. I could easily retire and just spend the next few years watching. I say retire, like not. I could just stick around here and go to Carmel and Garen games, and be totally entertained because of how they play. Um. The the one fly the one fly in the ointment they have is sometimes with Kaimia Chandler, sometimes the ball sticks a little bit, and. And I, to his credit, when it does stick, he's out there hunting other people. He's not out there looking for his shot. But it does, it does kind of get, it can get bogged down a little bit when, when he's doing that. Instead of just making like he's hunting the assist, is probably the best way to say that. You know, and it, and that's when the when the easier play is the best play. So they fight that a little bit, but then he can go out and reel off. He can go out and get 20. They've got four kids. I want to look at this real quick. They got four kids who could put 20 up in a game. And Jack Cherry is not a kid. He's not among those four, I don't believe. He just doesn't shoot enough at a, at a volume, or he's not as willing of a shooter as those other guys are. But. Jack's also, but Jack is a kid you have to guard. You can't not account for him. But they've got four kids who can put 20 up in a game. And I don't think a lot of teams, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, Ben Davis has that. Um, Kokomo doesn't. Kokomo doesn't have that. I would say most 3A teams do not have that, if not all. I mean, Scottsburg probably would have three. Northwood doesn't have that. They probably have what three? Linton's got Both three. Ross brothers. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think the younger Rosh could put twenty up in a game. They probably have two. Maybe two, two. Yeah. Because Wolfie's kid doesn't shoot it enough. Wolfie's kid's a lot like Jack Cherry. You got to guard him. You can't just leave him. Right. Now, if Tyler Rash, the younger one, has a twenty-point game, and, and I don't, I just don't know about it. That's, I mean, I don't. He's not going to do that Saturday. I mean, Linton. They have two kids who could put twenty up in a game. I would say Blackhawk has three. First, yeah. Sefton, Pickett. Pickett. If Isaac David. Smith gets rolling, he yeah, did, they uh, they may they may three, have, but they may have four. Yeah, around there, three, three and a possible. Like we're playing spades. 
You guys ever play that? Yeah, play spades, yeah. <laughs> Lutheran, probably not, because the, the one – like Cam Patterson's production has dipped a little bit this year just because of the improvement of the backcourt. K.J. Patterson's never been a big scorer. I mean, Cam's numbers are a little bit lower, but I think he could he could easily there 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 can be games where Cam Patterson's the best player on the floor on their on their schedule a lot of times. And Southwood, I just don't know enough about. I mean, you would assume not, but yeah, you would assume not, right? We'll find out on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, I think Garen's. They, they got a lot of different ways they can go. And these aren't dudes that – it's not like they got a bunch of dudes averaging 18 a game. I'm just saying that. Any given night. Yeah, I mean, they bring Parker off the bench. Sorensen definitely – I mean, the Sorensen's kind of their go-to guy. Moran's has had some decent games. I mean, if we pulled that back to say – they got four guys who could get 18 in the game. They've all hit 18 in the game. I know that much. And one of them they bring off the bench. Yeah, those the 2A, 3A, and 4A games should be fun. 1A game, we'll see. Looking forward to it, though. Last thing, Linton and Blackhawk. I worry about Linton. They definitely won their first game Saturday because they just were bigger, stronger, tougher team. One thing was sure, Brownstown wasn't going to beat them bullying them because once once you remove the three pure basketball players, from that equation, the rest of those dudes that the rest of those dudes that Linton or hell, they all look like offensive linemen. <laughs> Although I understand Freddie's a baseball player. We're South South. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that whole ball handling thing, that whole free throw thing could could come. But I don't think Blackhawks got anybody like Benner who can change the scope of a game that in that quickly. No, I think that's why I went with Linton is just I can see a time where Blackhawk struggles to shoot from outside, especially in a you know state championship game, uh, high pressure. Um but I've seen them, you know, <laughs> I've seen Pickett hit five threes in a game. I've seen Isaac Smith hit five plus threes in a game. Sefton hit three. So they're definitely capable. I just see just knowing Joey Hart, he's going to be the best player on the floor. Logan Webb is really good. Um, well, you know, they're going to play Webb, that. Logan Webb is kind of underrated in a way, I feel like sometimes. Oh, yeah, massively. Like yeah, he's really good. Forget about him, and then he goes on and puts up major numbers. I don't. Yeah, sure. you know, I don't play I'm not even sure. Not even sure he shot the ball well this past that well this past summer. 
I mean, you could definitely see it trending in that direction as he's gotten older, but I mean, he kind of put on a show there. I mean, he outscored Linton or he outscored Brownstown in the first half. Yeah. He was ahead 24 to 22. Real impressive. But then he ended up with what I say. I mean, he didn't score much in the second half. Uh, yeah, I think the one three one could give Blackhawks some issues as well. But I think it's going to be a really good game. I would not, obviously would not be shocked if Blackhawk won. I just oh, think so. Joey Hart's the best uh, best player on the floor. Um, yeah, I think I think Linton will. I think Linton will get him. It'll it'll be back and forth. I think until I mean, uh, would, final would, three or four would, minutes. Would Webb be the second best player on the floor? Forget what I haven't we think, seen enough of them. Forget what we think Pickett yeah. could be. Yeah, I haven't seen enough of them. I would say Gage Sefton right now. I think he's Second better best. than – Is Webb a senior? Yeah. yeah. I haven't I seen Sefton, enough of Webb. I did see Sefton's that, I did see that first half. I did see that first half against uh, Brownstown, and, man, he was really good. I think slightly, slightly better than Webb. I mean, it's a, it's a pick 'em for sure. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Logan. I you think know. maybe with a shooting piece there for Logan? Like I said, I don't, I don't, I just seen the first half literally against Brownstown. He was hitting everything, so I do, he shoots it better think, than Seth. Then maybe. I think he's an incredible matchup problem. I, I think no matter what, he's an incredible matchup problem. I think he's a, he is. Um, Like if Linton went out and, and played man, I think Logan is easily a plus defender. And there wouldn't be anybody on there wouldn't be anybody in Blackhawk he couldn't guard individually. That's is he that's, as athletic as Sefton? Because Sefton is really put together and like above the rim on the break with ease. Logan is that. Okay. I haven't like said I don't know. I mean I've seen we might have to recalibrate what above the rim means. They can play at the rim. I don't know that I would ever consider Sefton above the rim. Like I'm saying, if he gets a break on the break and you know, guy trailing behind him or just wide open, like he's easily yeah, dunking well, I, in the, traffic. Well, yeah, Logan can do that, yeah. On the break. Yeah. I just don't I just don't know if many people know a lot about Sefton. He doesn't he doesn't I mean, you tell, you know, you he's say not things like four a, dunks a game, but you say things above the rim, I'm thinking like Dowdy and, and I know I'm just gonna name big dudes. Thinking Jalen Harrelson. That that to me is above the rim. You're guys who can dunk in transition. I mean, even in the half court as well, like he's he's athletic. Like yeah. he's if he gets a back cut to the rim in traffic, he can go up and, and dunk one on, on somebody. Yeah. I just, like I said, I just don't think a lot of people know that about Gates Sefton because it's not getting a lot of those opportunities a lot. But well, he is, he is really why. athletic and he's strong. Man. That he's, might be why. <laughs> he's strong. There might be a reason why because it's not as 
you know, it's just that, I mean, I don't, like, I don't consider Sam Orm an above the rim player, but he can dunk on people. Yeah. I think he's an, I think he's an at the rim player. And I've seen Orm do it. But I still don't think he's an above the rim guy. I think Sefton and Weber similarly athletic. But I've not seen Sefton this year. But, you know, again, I don't I don't think that's anything that translates to a higher level. But not that it won't come in handy, because it's still nice to be able to elevate and, and make plays and you know, when you're vertical. All right, anything else? I think we covered it. I think so. We, we covered it. I'm glad we talked a lot upcoming games, not just picked them. There we have only four left. What else we got to talk about? <laughs> not a whole lot. I think we'll have to scratch the surface on some new topics after this week. Of course, next week we talk about, about these games. Yeah. Um, Dominic, who was the best player you saw this past week? Um because they won, Flory. Yeah. It was going to be Flory or Marcus, whoever won. Yeah. Both of them were really good. Flory, just the things he does uh, in the paint defensively and offensively was just too much for Penn. Durda, Gatete couldn't didn't really handle him like we thought. And uh, no, I mean, who can at this point? And, you know, Zane's going to be the best matchup for him. Um, now, I think last time they played, he didn't have a great first half, but it got it going in the second half, ended with like 16, I think, Flory did on Zane or on Ben Davis. Yeah. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see him this weekend. But, yeah, Flory was definitely the best player uh, I've seen at Michigan City. I think for both games it was Joey Hart. But if it was just the one game, Webb. Right. And I like Bender. He just was super inefficient. You know, it looks good when you're making a comeback and he hits those deep bombs and, you know, he hit all of them right in front of their crowd too, which was the opposite side of me. So I had a great view of all the different celebrations. But up, up to that point, he was pretty stymied in terms of he was, let's just say he was grinding out points. So, Kyler, what are you doing this week? You're you're just kind of on vacation now, aren't you, for a little bit? You got a little bit of breathing room? <laughs> yeah. I got some, uh, I got some things in the works. Um, a lot of stuff going on at my real job, but oh, there you I go. plan on being, I plan on being, um, uh, being there on Saturday. So, cool. I don't know if I'll be there for the first two games, but for sure, the last two. Dominique, are you coming with a bunch of people? Yeah, my family. Yeah, we'll be All there. Okay. Uh, yeah. After party across the street from Gamebridge at the hotel right there, whatever it's called, the new one. Oh, you're doing – oh, you're coming down for the whole day and staying until the next yeah. day? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you're at the Hyatt House? You're at the Hyatt House? 
Yeah, whatever it's called. And it definitely won't be an after party, so don't show up. Party at the hide house, Kyler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll 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 hit up the we'll hit up our Slack channel and figure out where we're going between sessions. And obviously, Dominique, you're with your family. Enjoy it. Right. But, um, yeah, we need something to fill up fill up that uh that hours and hours of gap. Oh, I got a routine. We're good. We got it figured out. <laughs> I'll we'll 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 talk about it in Slack. It's called called Kilroy's no <laughs> no yeah us and everybody else no I'll, I'll tell you where we're going I mean you you can do whatever you want I'll tell you where I'm going let's just put it that way all right guys we'll talk next week see you later <laughs>